Hello, 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 everybody, and you're very welcome back to the Meat Chronicle Sports Podcast. Uh, talk a good game. Remember us? It's uh, Fergal Lynch here with the Meat Chronicle, and I'm joined in our studio, uh, our new studio, from where we would have broadcast the last time. I'm joined by. The one and only Mr. Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, very welcome. Thank you, Virgil. How is everybody out there? I hope everybody's keeping well and enjoying the summer and yeah, is ramping up. Just before, <laughs> not, to ask a, not to ask a question because people can't actually answer. But in your heads, maybe you can give us a big collective hello and how are you? Look, I just want to start off with uh, two apologies. The first apology is... Um, the length of time between this podcast and our last one, where uh, we, we took a bit of a hiatus from from our uh, podcast a, a while ago now at this stage, I'm not exactly sure how long it is, we took a, took a break from it um, with full intentions of getting back to it fairly sharpish, but we didn't get back to it, so apologies for that, and the second uh, apology is for to those people who were happy that we didn't get back with our podcast. Um, but we're back now, and uh, so let's let's that be the end of the apologies. Our aim on this podcast is to provide just an update on all the sporting activity in Mead. Uh, we're not going to be specifically a GAA podcast, but ironically enough, on this week's one, we will be uh, predominantly talking about GAA stuff uh, that happened over the weekend, and we will also touch on the latest news surrounding the uh, Mead Senior Football Management position and also on the, the stalling of the works in Partolgen or stalling. They haven't even started yet, so... Yeah, so more, more like it's... Started, but the, uh, the pause on the uh, proposal to, to reconstruct Partolgen. So that will come later on in the show. But first of all, as I said, welcome back to all our listeners. A huge amount has happened uh, since we last spoke to you. Uh, Probably nothing more spectacular than the success of the Mead Ladies uh, from their meteoric rise winning National Football League Division 3, Division 2 and going on winning Division 1 and of course winning All-Ireland Intermediate title and capping it all off last year uh, by winning the All-Ireland Senior title. They were back in action again yesterday, uh, Jimmy, in the second round of the All-Ireland yeah. Senior Football Championship, the defence of the crown. They opened last week, of course, with a, with a win against Monaghan. Um, very comprehensive win, but I know after that game, uh, they weren't overly impressed with their own performance and they were looking for a big improvement yesterday. Yeah, but I think, Fergal, this year, uh, Mead are facing a complete, differently set of challenges. For example, you know, they, they are All-Ireland champions. Everybody's expecting them to win every game well apart from maybe when they meet Dublin or somewhere like that, but to, to beat teams like Monaghan and Armagh comfortably so that brings with it a certain pressure it's, it's a pressure that they, they have to uh, you know excel and win games comfortably and it's it's not easy to do that and you know the, I, I think the team is probably getting used to that yeah so as as both Eamon Murray the manager and the captain Sean Ennis has alluded they, they've now become the hunted Yes, the hunted. Yeah, brings a whole different weight of pressures, and you could see that in the performance against Monaghan, uh, as, as you said, who they were expected to be comfortably, and they did be comfortably, only conceding one score. Uh, yesterday in Longford was a completely different challenge. Uh, it was one of I think nine or ten games I covered this weekend. I know you covered eight or nine games as well this weekend. So we have a busy podcast just to run through. But in Longford yesterday. 
there was a very strong wind, me played against a very strong wind in the opening half, they were under pressure, Amy Mackin, as you would expect from Armagh, was superb, uh, she kicked five points in the first half, and uh, Armagh looked good and really uh, were testing me and, and pinning them to, the, to their colours, it was a, a tough test, but in typical Mead style, they showed a good bit of tenacity, uh, that never say die spirit that we talk about in the PGA. <clears throat> so Mead were nine points to six down at the three quarter stage, um, <clears throat> and then got the got the last three points in a five minute spell uh, just before the end of the game, and uh, managed to salvage a draw with Orlandi's point salvage in the draw, which secures their place in the All Ireland quarterfinal. The win yeah, over Mon do, it has pretty need. much done that, but this this draw secures their place in the All Ireland quarterfinal. Um, which I suppose Jimmy is objective number one absolutely yeah. I mean there used to there used to be an old saying that um, the sign of a good team or even a great team is when they're winning without playing particularly well and so they're, they're getting over there and okay the one well or drawing or getting getting there where they want to get there uh, let's put it that way and uh, Meath have certainly done that and they're, they're, you know I didn't see the match yesterday Fergal um, but you maybe they're not playing as well as they, they did last Last year, but then that's, that's we're expecting them to produce these swashbuckling performances every day, every day to go out, aren't we? You know, and that's part of the pressure. Yeah, yeah well, the, the biggest problem, and you know, people can say, oh, why are they not playing as well as they did last year? We caught everybody on the hop last year. Everybody, yeah, caught everybody on the hop. Their style of football, their pace, their power, just coming completely out of the blue. It blew everybody away last year. This year, like, like other inter-county teams aren't foolish, they're not stupid. They now go out with a plan to stop Mead. And as uh, the great Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan, Mead have plans. But Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. Well, I, I, I think a perfect example of how the challenges Mead are facing this year, uh, as you, you, point, you point, alluded to there, is the, 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 the focus on Vicky Wall. I mean, she's getting this... Uh, now, it happened against Dublin, and I thought it was disgraceful a few weeks ago. Yeah, the, the, the Leinster final. Yeah, in the Leinster final. Uh, the way she was... Fo- um, I mean, she was taken out, basically, a couple of times. Yeah. They, had, they had two players around her uh, all the time, and she was... I presume somebody said to her, "We've got to stop Vicky Wall in these in these runs because they they devastated uh, any team's defence." So I mean, if you stop Vicky uh, on on these runs, there's a very good chance that you're going to you're going to you know hold back me the greatly you know and uh, uh, and Dublin tried to do that and 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 some of the, the ta- some of the the hits she took though. You know, it, it was it was tough. It yeah, was that, tough, tough was to watch. I tell you what, Ferg, and I was I was really regretted not having um, taken Mick Bohan to ask Mick Bohan about it afterwards because uh, I think you know he he should have been. And now I did. In your history of taking managers to task. Quickly moving on. <laughs> but um, yeah, and and when you look back on that Dublin game, um, I, I think the foul count was huge in terms of Dublin had committed way more fouls than Mead in that game and cynical fouls but this protesting of the hands up say oh I didn't mean it and Mead were the team that ended up with two yellow cards in that game it was it really was bizarre and Armagh adopted a very similar policy maybe not as blatant maybe not as cynical yesterday but had the same policy of let's shut down Vicky Wall and they also identified Emma Duggan 
Of course. So they identified those two players, and uh, you know, the upshot of it all is that the Armagh centre back was the player of the match. Uh, did a great job in shutting down Emma Duggan. They double teamed uh, Vicky Wall, as you said. Vicky comes running off the shoulder at pace. They popped the ball to her as soon as the, um, a me player did that and released Vicky. Crowding her in straight well, away and wouldn't let her play. So yeah. it wasn't the cynical. It wasn't yeah, well, the, the, there is there is shut there is shutting down, as yeah, you say, yeah. and there is shutting down. So you know there is uh, both ways of doing it. Uh, but you said Armagh didn't do it very. Uh, I felt Dublin did do it very cynically uh, a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago. Armagh were much more disciplined, you could say, um, and, and fairer, tougher, but fairer than the way uh, other teams would say. Uh, have set up to play against Mead that way I, I know um, look at, uh, go, going into that game Mead had already beaten Monaghan so they were already you know for all intents and purposes they were already assured of their place in the All-Ireland quarter-final and as it transpired if there is such a you mean the Armagh game yeah, 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 yeah. as it transpired if there is such a thing as an easier path to an All-Ireland final uh and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, an easy path to an All-Ireland final, as if it's something that just is a walk in the park. It obviously isn't. But by not topping their group, which it looks like Mead won't do now, because Armagh play Monaghan next week, and if Armagh beat Monaghan by more than what Mead beat Monaghan, which they more, like, more than likely will, Armagh will top the group. Mm. So by finishing second in the group, it means Mead will play... Kerry, or most likely, if results go along expected lines, will play Kerry in an All-Ireland quarter-final and then Cork in an All-Ireland semi-final. Had they beaten Armagh yesterday, and I have to make sure I get this right, Mead would have topped their group, Group B, and it would have meant they played, I'm not sure, I think it, it could possibly be Cavan in an All-Ireland quarter-final, but then have faced Dublin in an All-Ireland semi-final. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to have any fear over Dublin. We will, we, every time we go out to play Dublin now, thank God, as opposed to what it used to be in the years come past, we always feel as if we can beat Dublin. So if we want to win in All-Ireland, we're going to have to beat Dublin at some stage. Some. But you would like to get to an All-Ireland final and have another shot at them on the biggest stage of all. So while only drawing with Armagh might seem like a bit of a backward step considering they... they we beat Armagh well last year in the All-Ireland quarter-final in Clonus, uh, only drawn with them uh, yesterday. It might seem like a small bit of a backward step. It actually isn't a bad result. And plus Armagh were vastly improved at carrying a hand and back. Uh, Amy Macken was superb yesterday where she had a quiet day in Clonus last year. Um, so it's not as bad a result as it is. So the future is still looking bright for the Mead ladies. Yeah, well, uh, of course, Mead had different tactics. They'll have to, you know, they're, they're, every team is st- closely studying their, their approach, last year's approach. So they'll have to come up with something a little bit different, vary all the time. But, but as I said, that's that's part of the challenge of being champions. Yeah. You know, people yeah. study you more and, and they watch out for you. So, they, uh, well, certainly, uh, personally, I don't think they'll, they will win it this year again. I just think, uh, you know, uh, tiredness, fatigue is another issue as well. The pressure of champions. Uh, but anyway, that we, we, I hope I'm wrong, of course. Yeah, yeah. I actually can't see, when it comes down to a battle and it comes to the white heat of, of championship football, I can't see who can beat them. And I know that... Well, Dublin, 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 you know, yeah. Dublin can, but I think on their day... 
Cork could too, maybe Cork could be back. Yeah, they're all good teams. Dublin, Cork, Kerry are, are flying well. Armagh look like a very, very good side. Donegal are a good side. Galway, you can never write off. Obviously, all very good sides. But the way Mead play, the hunger, determination, the fitness, everything that they have there, is... I, I can't see them been If Mead play to their best... There isn't a better football team in the country than Mead. It's yeah, well, simple as that. And that's an undeniable fact that the All Ireland champions are the reigning National League champions. But the player the, play to their best, they're undeniable. They play with an intensity, of course, uh, which uh, a fierce intensity. And it's very difficult to, uh, because everybody covers back, everybody goes to attack, it seems. So, that, you know, it's very difficult to, to sustain that. I know they're superbly fit, but, you know, you talk about the hunger, but if you drop 1% of that yeah, hunger, if that, that intensity drops then you're, you're, you're slightly vulnerable but it's you only know. three more games and it's three weeks to the, to the All-Iron quarter-final so there's three more games to repeat to find re, re-find their the intensity that they brought to last year's championship which they haven't played to that level yet so I don't think that energy has gone out of their legs I think it's still there I think it's waiting to be unleashed for uh, lack of a better term I think mm. they're waiting to for the for the bigger games to come before they step up to the next level and the next game as Eamon Murray said after the game yesterday it's knockout from now on so I think from the next game you're going to see a different animal in me you're going to see the intensity levels rise back to where they were mm. uh, last year and look it's not that long ago where Mead and Dublin produced probably two of the best games of football one in Parnell Park and one in Paratulchin so it's only the last two games where the where the uh, intensity or, or the form wasn't where it was uh, in previous games and they were games that Mead were always going to get the result they needed they were always going to beat Monaghan uh, they gave a couple of other girls on the panel an opportunity yesterday a couple of other girls got an opportunity again Anya Sheridan came into the side Maeve Burns started but they nearly uh, didn't get the result they needed yesterday for, but you know. it wouldn't have mattered Jimmy yesterday being beaten or drawn is the exact same outcome Provided Aaron Hag won and beat Monaghan, which they will, they, they bet Monaghan by yeah. cricket score in the Ulster Championship. Yeah, yeah. And you would expect they're, they've got a full, I know, talking to uh, or listening to Ronan Murray's conversation yesterday, uh, the Armagh manager, they, they were at full strength, flying, never been fitter. They're delighted with the way they're going. They thought yesterday was as well as they could possibly play. Still only scored nine points and drew with me, again, a me team that. Gave two or three, you know, you didn't have Katie New, we didn't have Shauna Ennis, that's two of your full back line, and our full back line was superb, Monica McGurk was also superb yesterday. We had a forward line that uh, were well shackled, well marshalled, Vicky Wall, Emma Duggan was well marshalled, Neva Sullivan didn't manage, I don't think she managed to get in the score sheet. Um, so we had a forward line that, you know, Stacey didn't score from play. I think Aileen Leahy was the only one who wore a forwards number on her back, even though she lined out at wing back uh, because Maeve Byrne came into the side. I don't think, I think, off the top of my head, I'm just trying to remember, I don't think any of our forwards scored from play. 
Yeah. So, you know, that has to improve. And it will well, improve. Well, of course, one of the great things about this team is, and about any successful team that you, you need a, a, a strong bench, yeah. you know, to have that, of course. Oh, yeah. But, but the, the, you know... you Nesbitt came on as, see, a, as a forward. But to have somebody of for quality to be able to come on, like, you know, that's a sign of yeah, yeah. The, the, the strength. Yeah, I have my match report in front yeah. of me here, so I'm just, I'm just guessing off the top of my head. I know Orla Lally from midfield scored two points uh, from play. Aiden Leahy scored a point from play. Um, I said the Kelsey Nelson command scored a point from play, so that was four. And then you had you had two from Stacey, which brought you to six, which were frees. You had two from uh, you had one from Vicky, which was a free. I think then you had two from you definitely had two points from Emma Duggan, and I think both of them were frees. Uh, so you know. No scorers from playing the forward line, they can definitely improve. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I think we've spoken longer on the ladies than we'd intended to. Yeah. But, but I, lo- I love that, I love that, yeah, that quote from Eamon saying he were the hunters, you know, I like yeah. that because it, it kind of sums it up. But I, I, have, I came across a great quote myself over the weekend. Oh, yeah, Fergal. You've heard a few of them, yeah. Well, you know, it was, it was at, at the Kline against Dunboyne. Division, um, division, division four, four, Holland. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was open Ratmaline. Great, we down, folks. We <laughs> a great pitch in Ratmaline. I want to say, you know, a brilliant yeah, pitch. Su- the, uh, the best Terry Perrell up there. Yeah, he, he just he's just dedicated to uh, to that. You know, improving that pitch, and he's done a wonderful job. It's intercounty, intercounty uh, level. You know, there should there should be an intercounty match up there just to well, just to celebrate the pitch. Play a couple of games there. Yeah, Camogie, yeah, yeah. Games there as well. But, but uh, what a match that was! Like Dunboyne were ahead by twelve points Hold at one on stage. Now. Hold on a minute. We'll go back to the court. The court, yes, yeah. Well, I'm building up to that. I'm building up to that. Hold on. Yeah, so Dunboyne were, were twelve points ahead at one stage. Kaline came back. They, 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 they had about sixteen wides, Kaline, but they came back and stuck at it, and persistence paid off for them. Uh, but at the end of the match, um, you know, they certainly um, Killian Canavan, the captain, he accepted the trophy, and uh, Kit Mitchell was there. Kit. Now, Kit uh, sustained an injury, a farm accident there recently, uh, hurt his leg. But uh, he was there in his uh, brace, you know, in the brace and all, and uh, nothing was going to keep Kit away from that. And, um, you know, Killian, when he accepted the trophy, you know, I said even the kick of a bull couldn't keep uh, Kit away from that from that game. So it was just that, you know, it was a brilliant line. Kit's some man. Kit hasn't been well for a few years, and uh, mm. he, he nothing keeps that man away from Ireland. No, he's, he's an uh, absolute, you know, the word legend gets thrown around, but... Uh, when the history and the annals of uh, Killine and even Mead Hurling are, are written Kit Mitchell is a name that will feature very very prominently oh, he's, a, he's brilliant a great man, character yeah. he's a brilliant Hurling man he has a Gentleman. knowledge of the game yes well. he has yeah. uh, he's involved in everything in Killine and uh, yeah even the kick of a bull and all and all other uh, ailments and, and tests that have been thrown at Kit over the last few years he's he's battled them all and survived them all and he's always on the side it was brilliant to see him there yeah Yeah. so that was that was the first of a double for Killeen <coughs> actually they they won that a Hurling League Division 4 title 217 to 312 win over St. Peter's of Dunboyne as Jimmy said in Ratmaline there and then on Saturday evening they completed the double they won the Division 2 title then yeah, uh, yeah. the first team um, it was very much a mismatch. It was uh, Killine 2-22, Drumree 1-7. Drumree tried, they did everything they could. Uh, David Riley, the, their county man, pushed them as hard and as hard as they could, but Killine were simply too good for them. 
two goals from Adam Gannon, uh, an absolute failure boots of points for David Raleigh, who was excellent. Shane Park in midfield was excellent. Adam Flanagan, the former lead footballer, who uh, has transferred to Summerhill, by the way, who's now playing wow. with Summerhill. He'd be football. a huge addition huge to them. Huge addition to Summerhill, but uh, he was captain of the Killine team and he raised the cup for Killine then in the Division 2. Um, that was the second game on the double header in Trim on Saturday night, where Ratmaline and Navin Magni served up an absolute thriller. Um, I won't say it was the highest quality game, but it was an absolute thrilling game. It went to extra time. Um, I know Ratmaline were were behind for much of the game, and then they got their nose in front near the end. And uh, O'Mahony's managed to force extra time, and then in extra time, O'Mahony's looked to be pulling away again. But in the depth, in the depth of the game, in the final closing minutes, Daniel Whelan popped up for his third goal of the game to give Ratmaline a sensational three eleven to 19-point extra-time win in the Ireland League Division 5 final. So that was, uh, it was exciting stuff. Quality wasn't great, and tempers got uh, a bit frayed at times, and, and uh, eventually Gus Martin's patience wore thin, and he issued a, a red card to a Ratmaline sub after the final whistle, yeah. a bit of a schmozzle after the final whistle. So. Yeah. But uh, well, it, it, it was just really in keeping with Division 5 Ireland. It was scrappy, it was messy, there was lots of mistakes which can lead to frustration and leads to uh, tempers you know, boiling over. And uh, they boiled over in the end, but ultimately it was success for Ratmaline and by Jays the I celebrate. really admire, and I admire referees anyhow, why, why the Steph Ireland in, in any sport, but I admire them particularly in hurling because it's, you know, it's, it's a hard physical game. You have to be on, on in the zone all the time to keep a grip on things because it's so easily can get, get out of control, particularly in hurling. And uh, it's a fast paced game. And, uh, you know, I was looking at Stephen Masterson. I thought he did a tremendous yeah, so job. Just before he wanted to see when I was going to lead in, into that, actually, and, and you talk about referees, it was good to see a new referee refereeing the Division 2 final between Killine and Drumree, which is a former Kiltail goalkeeper, Ollie Regan. And, oh, uh, right, yeah. He was refereeing, and good to see him getting the league final, and he did a great job, I thought. Now, 222 to 17 suggests there mightn't have been a whole lot in it, but he kept a good tight rein that he spoke to the players, explained what he wanted, and also... I believe, and, and that you were saying, you covered the eight hurling league division one final between Trim. Uh, no, it was did Stephen Masson did the. He, um, you know, he, no, he did division four. four. He did division four yeah, final yeah. in, in Ratmaline. No, he did a brilliant job, though, Stephen. You know, and uh, because yeah, there's a, a real fine balance there now. Some referees tend to let things go, and um, but the there's a fine balance there just a thin line and you know and Stephen C to tread that between letting things go and not letting things go yeah, yeah. you know because to, to to ensure that the game flows in in an entertaining fashion and, and that's a real skill yeah. a real talent uh, to know, do it when referees communicate with players and they make their decisions very clear right or wrong um, we can all argue with every referee's decision but once they make those decisions clear and they communicate properly with the players that lowers the temperature of a lot of these flare-ups or, or potential flare-ups and it gives players you know, alright okay I don't agree with you but okay you've explained it to me other referees can be very well I think what really adds fuel to the fire in these situations is if um, a referee lets a, 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 a tackle go in, you know, and then he 
doesn't the next time out for the opposition team if you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. so it, there's, there's, there's the inconsistency is there yeah. and uh, now I have great great uh, understanding for them and uh, so on And uh, but uh, the, the, you know that that really can can really sort of a match can just just like that it can yeah. go out of control yeah. and um, uh, admire them just to move on then as well so Stephen Masterson's club actually Kildaki the, the, the reigning senior hurling champions were in the final of the Division 1A hurling league so the last of our hurling league finals this weekend so Trim and Kildaki meet in Park Tolchin yesterday Jimmy you had the pleasure of that one yeah Trim laying down a bit of a marker ahead of the start of the championship on the weekend of the 1st of July Definitely, uh, Fergal. Yeah, yeah, they played very well yesterday for most of the game. Now they faded a bit in the second half, but then they brought on a, a raft of subs, and that's always going to disturb any team's rhythm. Um, and the, but they were very, very good in the first half. Uh, you know, slotting over points, creating chances, passing the ball around. Now, another concern for them yesterday was that James Tor went, went off injured in the second half. Uh, you know, you know what you want players like that on on, on your side. Uh, Alan Douglas, though, he, he another sort of the older. Campaigners there in that team. He got three points from play, very good as well. Uh, you know, and they've the, 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 a cohort of young players coming through as well. Trim look very good. Um, Kodoki were really sluggish and very, very unlike them. And they were actually out muscled yesterday by Trim, uh, which is again very unlike them. So, so do you, how much do you read into that? I'm not sure, Fergal, because it, but it's maybe maybe Kodoki are a certain station they're training. You would hope. That as as a uh, well as a as a Godalki man myself, um, I, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, you'd hope that there may be um, at a point now where they're about to sort of really take off. But uh, you know, you would certainly be concerned, all right, if you're a Godalki supporter. Yeah, uh, about it's him. not an easy start to the championship. They've Kiltail exactly. Repeat, yeah, in a repeat of last year's county final in the first round for the second year in a row you will repeat the previous year's county final in the first round of the championship so Kildaki need to uh, up the game I think you, you mentioned in your match report they were you know they, they needed the input of a couple of veterans coming on yeah Roger Hagen and uh, Martin Doran yeah but they, they, they came on to try and uh, and, and steady things up and uh, get, get momentum going and you know and uh, they're, they're great guys you know but you know but at the same time you know you want to you'd be looking if you're a manager or the management team now you'd be, you know you'd be concerned about the first half displays yeah. <clears throat> Martin and Pori come on at uh, half time but the first half display was was really uh, concerning for, for their supporters and um, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can pick it up yeah so Trim won the game by 2.15 to 1.9 I think both trim goals scored by Joey Cole. Joey it? Cole, yeah, Joey very Cole good, very Cole. sharp, yeah, yeah. And the Kadaki goal was just a, a late, late. That's a few seconds. Couldn't even call it a consolation score. It was that late in the game that yeah. scored by Padraig Aiken. So, you know, it was a fairly comprehensive win for Trim in the finish and puts them in a good position um, heading into, as you said, the start of the hurling championship. We might. Uh, you won't be with us here next week, but uh, well, we'll, yeah, yeah. well, you know, with it, we'll talk about it when we're previewing the hurling championship next weekend. Uh, on next week's podcast, we'll we'll just have a look at the runners and riders in the hurling championship. So they were the hurling finals that were on at the weekend, Jimmy. Uh, that's the me ladies covered as well. One of the other, the, probably the main attraction of the weekend for us, and it's something that the me chronicle really looks forward to every year even though it's, it makes a very hectic day are the Mead Primary Schools finals um, 12 games over 2 days in Park Tulch and 6 games on Friday 
afternoon and six games spread over Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. So we were busy men on Friday. Busy, and yeah. Well, well, you were, you were there on on, on uh, Friday for the longer haul. I you had four games, I too. But I, I was there on Saturday for the longer haul. So I was there. You were there watching football for about five hours. Yeah. But actually, the hours go by quickly. Do. You don't notice them go by because they, they usually the games are tremendous and um, you know yeah. the flow and, and, and a few really really good games. You know, you you hear about. You see the success of the Tolchin Cup in the... Uh, this seems like a, a bit of a stretch of a point I'm trying to make here. But you can see the success the Tolchin Cup has been with Westmead and Calvin getting to the final. The games have been very good. Games between teams at a similar level lead to exciting games. I saw it in the Division 5 hurling um, between Ratmaline and Avon Matneys. Skill levels, skill levels weren't high, but the excitement was fever-pitched mm. throughout and the way the primary schools are done they're generally they're done in divisions on the sides of the schools and, and that type of thing rather than you know winning promotion up through the leagues each year uh, so you're playing teams of a similar skill level are playing against each other in all these games yeah, but and most of the 12 games I would say 10 of the games 9 or 10 of the 12 games were supremely competitive yeah, very close. And brilliant young players on the show. Well, I, was, I remember watching one one of the ga- games, and there was several extremely uh, superbly talented youngsters, and you're wondering, you know. Um, is it any better in any other county? You know, is yeah, it? Yeah. Can it be any better? Because you know, you see the quality of young footballers there, magnificent footballers, yeah. and uh, I don't uh, think you can. I don't boys and girls, and you I know, don't think they are any better. It's it's where they go from here now. Well, I, I have never attended any primary. Yeah, but that's that's the issue. That's the burning well, issue. Seen, where did it go I've from there? The, I've seen the Dublin finals uh, on a couple of occasions in Crow Park. You often see highlights of them. They they play their common among school finals in Crow Park. Um, which we'll, we'll talk about later on, the difference between playing Crow Park and Park Tolchin. <laughs> but uh, Park Tolchin, I suppose, is the mecca for these young yeah, people, yeah. These fellas. I, I think it's all perception, isn't uh, it? You know, and, uh, I saw a couple of kids playing um, for both St Paul's and uh, St Mary's in Ashburn in the boys' Division 1 final. I swear to God, they would not look out of place on a mid-minor team at the minute. Uh, the young... Kind of reticent to go on and name names, but there was a young Moran fella for Ashburn who was outstanding. Uh, there was a, a Nocton player in one of the finals as well. I can't remember what team club or what. I, I think he was a, a standard. But for St Paul's, there's a, a Cormac Fitzsimons and a young McGurk. I think it was Harry McGurk in midfield for St Paul's. And they would not look out of place on the lead minor team. Big, strong men, nearly at 12 years of age, and pace, power, skill. Young McGurk scored one of the best goals I've ever seen scored in part. Yeah, well, a lot of the matches I was at too, it, it was it was similar. Every game you see that you're going to have yeah. at least maybe four. Like we picked the spirit of the final, which is somebody that shows great determination and skill and so on. And uh, you, you know, you're usually some games. You know, there's an obvious candidate, but others. And, and, and I was at a couple of those games. You're wondering, well, should I give it to him or her yeah, or her? Yeah. You know, and uh, but uh, it's it's. I I think it's you know it's a good question like where where did they go from here because they're trying as young players um you know if they if they develop at the at the rate that was obvious in the finals yeah. th- those youngsters develop into excellent footballers well then we were we're going places yeah, as a county uh, and but you know we say this every year and we've been covering i've been covering primary schools finals for 
uh, more years than I care to remember, over 20 years, you know. So there's kids that played in the first primary schools finals that I would have covered that are now retired from playing football. Mm. But the fall off... <laughs> I'd say, well, I'd say it'd be near 30, Fraggle, actually, you know. <laughs> the, the fall off of, of young people playing sport is another podcast altogether, and someday, hopefully, we might get somebody in to discuss that. Uh, why kids drop off between the ages of you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, there's a huge fall off in kids from sport. Um, and that is the fear that some of these lads and, and girls um, will just walk away from the game because they get distracted by other things in their early teenage years. The really, really talented ones, you would hope will, be, will push on and stay at it. But there are others there who, like you think of all the good players that are playing now, your Brian Fentons and lots of that, that never played minor for mm. the counties and are now some of the best footballers of all time. Well, that's the danger, of course, that these talented, supremely talented players are, are good at everything, probably, that soccer, rugby, anything to take on. So now everybody wants them yeah. as they get older and they're going to get worn out, you know, and that's the problem, burnout, out, of course. So you, you walk into all these issues, that get, you know, burnout and distractions, yeah, distractions and, and uh, you know... Society is a, is a, can be a joyous place um, nowadays compared to what it used to be like, but it can also be a very, very cruel place. And uh, you just hope that... Kids stick with sports. Sport is a great outlet, and it's such a it's such a shoulder uh, for people to lean on and for people to rely on for uh, mental health, physical health. Um, it may helps build character. Sports, all sports. I'm not talking about just GA here. Uh, all sports, and and I think staying involved in sport and being part of a team environment is something that can be crucial in defining a character of a, of a young boy or girl this psychology yeah well it's it's difficult it's a challenge I know for parents just, I just want especially to young down. girls as you know they, they, as they go on yeah yeah so I just want to run down through the um, just give a quick rundown on the results from the primary schools finals so the first game up on Friday was the girls division one shield and it was St Paul's Retote 210 Longwood 3-5 so a narrow win there for St Paul's Retote uh, the boys' Division 2 final saw Bohermeen beat Screen by 4.15 to 2.5. Girls' Division 4 final was the third game on the card. Uh, this was one of the one-sided ones. Baconstown 9-8, Manalvi a goal. Uh, superb performance from uh, Holly Sharkey in that game for Baconstown. Uh, the Girls' Division 2 final saw Bohermeen beat Yellow Furs by 3.9 to 2.5. The boys' Division 4 final saw Minolte a great win for Minolte. It was a super game that one thirteen to Boyerstown's two nine. That game really had them flowed one point in it at the end. And then the last game on Friday was the boys' division one final. Another absolute cracker. St Paul's Navin uh, beating St Mary's Ashburn four sixteen to four nine. A real cracker. Then Saturday morning, first game up was the boys' division five final. Courtown four eighteen. Killine five six. Uh, Killine not a hotbed for football traditionally but uh, a lot no. of good young fellas there as well but Cortown were superb on the day uh, brilliant performance from uh, Dara Lochran uh, son of uh, Cortown legend of course Glenn Lochran he was he was outstanding player in his day and it looks like his son is going to be equally as good uh, just going back to the boys division 1 final they were captained by Aina Kenny who's the son of Seamus Kenny former Mead captain as well so you know, these, it's not off the ground, these lads lick their football on the building, mm. certainly isn't. The girls' Division 1 final was uh, 
saw surprise results with Kilcloon defeating Kells 5-4 to 3-4. Sorry, 5-4 to 4-3. Uh, that was another cracking game. And a bit like uh, the fortunes that their, their manager and their teacher have enjoyed, uh, Kilcloon are, are coached by Mead Ladies captain Shauna Ennis. Uh, right, Kilcloon yeah. won Division 3, Division 2, and now won Division 1. Uh, Sean, of course, won Division 3, Division 2 and Division 1 of the National Football League. So mm. following similar trajectories there. The boys' Division 3 final saw Baconstown beat Wilkinstown 6-9 to 3-3. The girls' Division 3 final saw Scalena beat Kildalki 2-7 to 3 points. Uh, the boys' Division 1 shield went to Ashburn, St. Declan's of Ashburn, 5-8. Jalik, boys' National School 3-7. And the final game on the card, uh, in keeping with with all the other games, I suppose, that the 11 games that went before, it was a thriller, it was a one-point game, Castletown 4-8 and Courtown 4-7. So a very busy day. And next Friday in Dungani at 11 o'clock, we present our Spirit of the Final um, Award winners. They'll be revealed in tomorrow evening's Me Chronicle. So it was a, an exceptionally busy day, Jimmy, um, in Park Tolchin, um, which leads us in nicely into the stalling of the plans to develop our Tolchin. Uh, very disappointing news, but not yeah, unexpected. Not unexpected. Uh, I suppose uh, John Cavanagh and the county board have had to have this decision to make whether to push ahead and, and risk bringing, well, there won't be any risk in it. If they do push ahead in it, they will be plunging the county board into, uh, you know, a massive debt and uh, that will take many, many years to clear. So that, that's a decision they have already taken. Um, I'm not, I wonder what the wider public would like to, would 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 prefer. Would they prefer to go ahead with it anyway? But or, or, or would more money, you know, get keep going with the plans at least to build one stand? Because I mean, one stand, the, the stand in, in Park Tolton, it was a, it's a great old stadium and, and it's day and it's. But I mean, it's in uh, dire need it's of. A, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, those, those walking up and down those steps, the amount of kids that we see. Yeah, well, that's that's that a real threat. All on those concrete set. Uh, yeah, you, you look at kids jumping up and down, and you wonder, you know, but um, oh, it really is. And I'll touch wood, pat my head here. Hopefully, it never uh, it never comes to where there's a serious injury in it. But it's just it, it's. And in fairness to to, I know Jim Lane has taken over the, the running of the stadium up there. The place looks well. It's, it's been very well, excellent, absolutely. Yeah, it looks well. Yeah, yeah. Up to the best it can. Yeah. They've had, you know, they've repaired both dugouts that had been smashed and were battered. There's been new seats put in in certain parts of it. It's a lot cleaner. It's tighter. I, the dug, it yeah, looks great. The dugouts look were yeah. really good. That was a great um, job. So they've done it. They've done a great job. They put white. They put a lock on the doors. They've uh, got decent Wi-Fi into the into the press area. Uh, Martin O'Halloran has, has marshaled the. Uh, the press area up there well we've had uh, national press have been well looked after when they come to visit Partodge so the place has definitely improved aesthetically but I think all they're doing is you know is they're just papering over the cracks of it they're putting that they're basically just putting a plaster on, on a heart attack up there and something needs to be done about that stand um, I know we don't want to plunge the county board doesn't want to plunge the finances into dire straits by ploughing ahead of it but 
there is seemingly money there, isn't there? Isn't there six point five million still there waiting to be spent on it? So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it has well, to be. It has to be done as a matter of priority, or at least one stand, as you said. But what did it do? Like I know, as you say, like uh, the, the people who are working up there are doing a great job in, in maintaining and high, yeah. high quality, high standards. Uh, but uh, you know, do, do we sustain with it with the old standards there, or you know, try and? build a new one but uh, look, look the county board have looked at it and decided not to at yeah. the moment and not for the next five years maybe you know so yeah, and that, well that's the fear how long is this going to carry on for nobody knows I know nobody knows how long this cost of living crisis how long the war in Ukraine how long all these issues are going to carry on for uh, the fear is that it could go on in perpetuity it could it could be there for they might never revisit this and, and in 20 years time um, when you're Still scribbling after the meat primary school's fine, you can still sitting up at the back of uh, a bag of the sand in, in Partolgen. No, and, uh, the current crop of retired and the so. new kids on the block, and we're still saying, Oh, these could be the people that will lead us to an all Ireland. Will they have a stadium fit for purpose in 10 years' time? Yeah, well, that's uh, the one thing, maybe from this is that the money that's there could be redirected into games management or you know improving uh, coaching levels or employing an extra few administrators or something like yeah, that you know I'm not sure about improving coaching levels we have some excellent coaches no no I'm not, I'm not improving I mean well yeah I do mean improve but in, in, this, in the sense that they could get more um coaches on board yeah yeah and, and and pay for more coaches yeah possibly you know I, I, the quality is, is well I think I, the money is there from an infrastructure fund it's a sports capital in, infrastructure fund so the money is, is right, for a specific development of infrastructure right, yes. rather than yeah. the development of coaching and, and that end of things so that money has to go towards the, the, uh, the building well that's what I was wondering if it could like be we have the pitch of the year you know Partholgen yeah. is the best pitch in the country uh, officially we've yeah. got its award uh, and it's a superb facility. The pitch is just second to none up there. It's brilliant. Um, but we just need... Itself and Ratman Lines. Yeah. Rat yeah, well, <laughs> obviously, yeah. The, these awards are given to county pitches. Yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah. We, have, yeah. we, we could go through a list of some superb fields around the county. Um, but Partolchen is, is the pick of the county pitches. Um, and it, it's, it's brilliant. But we need, we need the, the complementary facilities they need to come up to the standard that the pitch is and uh, it's just simply not there like tip down into the back into the toilets on, on Saturday um, okay unless you have an attendant on the toilets keeping them clean the whole damn toilet's going to get dirty but they, they were you know it was a dirty it was stink out of the place and the bins were overflowing with uh, hand towels and all that which they will they can't it's a, it's a volunteer organisation and they do need people to do these jobs but you know, we just need better facilities uh, in Partolchen, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, as I say, we compliment the people who are working there at the moment and uh, uh, hopefully um, that they will get more resources to improve the, the venue, yeah? But, yeah, um, and look, and maybe, maybe um, a rising tide will lift all boats, hopefully, um, that which leads us on to the meet senior football team, uh, the departure of Andy McEntee last week or the week before following the loss to Clare, it was inevitable, I suppose. Uh, it was. In, it's been inevitable since last October, when the county board executive decided they no longer wanted Andy McEntee as their manager of the senior football team. Um, only the clubs overruled them on that occasion and said, "No, 
it's too late in the day to be to be pulling that move. Yeah, and it was and finish out his. Uh, yeah, was it his third two year term or a yeah. second three year um, term? I think it was second three. Yeah, term. yeah. Um, so they let him see out that, and after the game against Clare, Andy McEntee eventually came out and said that uh, he wasn't going to be looking for another term. So that leaves a vacancy, Jimmy. Over to you. Well, uh, well, every, I mean. <laughs> I don't think there's, there's enough money out there to to, to, to pay me <laughs> for the, the, but uh, you know the commitment level, everybody's got their their favourite candidate and you hear some going around the place you hear so many people being uh, put forward uh, Bernard Flynn obviously Colin Morocco has pulled out of the, the, the equation but uh, uh, Bernard Flynn I've heard Jim McGuinness from, from somebody came up to me who whispered to me he said he, from, he heard from a very good source that Jim McGuinness was going to be the next manager so I mean everybody has these uh, Conspiratorial theories, yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Who? I mean, my 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 own my own view would be a Cahado Brick or Michal McDermott. Okay, you know. Well, let's run through it first of all. So, when we say we've heard the names put forward and this and the other, the, the nomination process is still ongoing. Clubs can, can nominate um, anybody. They can nominate uh, who they would like to be the manager. Um, that person who they nominate has to agree to be nominated. So it's not that a case that uh, St. Dalton's can say, oh, I'm going to nominate Mick O'Dwyer. I think they have to sign a letter or something, they? Yeah. The, Mick O'Dwyer would have to sign and say, yeah, mm. I agree to be nominated. So that cuts down on an awful lot of the fantasy uh, nominations. So people looking for Jim Gavin and people looking for... Uh, I don't know who else G- well maybe Jim McGuinness might Jim, be Jim McGuinness is, is another one of those uh, fantasy names I'm not too sure about because you know the style of football that Jim McGuinness played with Donegal wasn't the most appealing or most attractive he had one year of really decent success it was successful though Fergal yeah one year of it Jimmy and uh, what have Donegal done since I, I think it maybe might set them back for for a team that had so many talented footballers and you look at you know Murphy and McBrearty and if you just to name three you know McNeilis like so many talented footballers I think I don't think they had the success that they should have had again we're digressing the only name that uh, I know of that has been proposed so far is Bernard Flynn um, and I, I saw a tweet somewhere over the weekend that at the at the Crow Park Museum Legends Tour uh, where Bernard Flynn was the stand attraction yes. this weekend he confirmed that he is no well he told me him, himself he's interested yeah, yes yeah now, he's confirmed that he's been nominated and that he's going for it I don't know if that's going to be with the same uh, management team as he had that was ironically I think around about this time two years ago yeah. when himself uh, Robbie Brennan Graham Garrity Graham Riley yeah. uh, former meet, or former male ladies manager Peter Leahy uh, Shane Supple Former Ipswich Town. It'd be a hell of a backroom team, wouldn't it? It'd be a hell of a backroom team. They, that was the under twenty managing team um, that left before they played a game in the championship a couple of years ago after a dispute um, over the availability of players for the under twenty team. So I know Bernard Flynn definitely has his hat in the ring. You said that Colin O'Rourke ruled himself out or, or wasn't allowing his name go forward. For me, I'd like to see Colin O'Rourke put his hat back in the ring. I think Mead needs. They need a strong figure. They need uh, a person with a reputation, a knowledge, and experience of inter-county football, and somebody that's going to be respected, that's going to gain the respect of the players. 
every player, every player should respect a manager, but no matter it, who it is. Absolutely, so Fergus. Pandering to the players as say, oh, we're, we're giving you this guy, it's up to you whether you respect him. But, the, but the, the players should the, respect the manager. Surely, but they also need somebody who's got a hunger for it and enthusiastic enthusiasm for it Colm you know he's a great man for me football look surely but uh, he, he obviously doesn't have that I don't know he's still in, he's, he's a, a Keaton Cup winner two times over with Simon's yeah yeah well he said he's happy but does he want to go to the counts rebuild re- I, I say what Colm was said there by ruling out his name is like saying well I'm not going to go again as he said himself I'm no fool I've, I've applied for it three times before uh, and I, I was knocked back three times so why would I go again mm. but it mightn't be a bad thing for the county board to go and approach him and say look you're the leader you're, we want you to be our figurehead we're going to put in a strong young coaching team behind you lads like Brian Farrell who led Retote uh, to a senior championship fellas like Kevin Riley who's done a phenomenal job with Trim uh, young coaches there I Cahill Brick for me is the standout candidate at the minute is the standout coach manager everything in the county he has a major job at the minute a serious job at the minute in developing the minor players that won the All-Ireland in 2021 who are still only 17 18 years of age he's got a huge job in developing them keeping them on the path towards being a strong under 20 team undoubtedly I think Cahill Brick is going to be meet senior football manager at some stage I would hate to see, I would hate to lose him off that development for those young players. He's good enough, I think, to go in and do the senior job now. And it's kind of your problem, well, Peter, to pay it all. Well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, we need a we need a good manager now. We yeah. need somebody now. So uh, rather than sort of saying down further down the line, maybe uh, we, uh, so. But um, so, Col- maybe maybe Colm doesn't feel that the the players are there to sort of bring me to another to a higher, much higher level. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. He's never given that impression. No, he hasn't. Oh, no, no, he hasn't. No, he, and that's true. He has never. He certainly he's never. Always played up media. Always yeah. thinks that they could win, and, and they should be winning games. You know, like you've seen. We should have beaten Clare, we didn't play well at all, but we still should have beaten them. Uh, I know Clare had a plethora of chances that they missed, but we should be beating Clare, not that we should no. have beaten them that day. No, I, I, we should I, be beating Clare. Well, Clare was on to beat Roscommon. I agree. When you talk to him, you get the impression that he does feel that there is the talent is there. To, to push on and well maybe not get back well maybe yeah maybe why not get back to where we were once yeah, were well, we and to, uh, uh, Division 1 you know you know realistic candidates for the Sam Maguire each year that's where it's we 21 years since we were in all Ireland final yeah yeah 21 years yeah but 23 since we won one it's yeah. uh, it's the it's longest spell now since for since yeah well yeah and, and we were in an all Ireland final in 1939, so, you know, yeah. 10 years at that stage. Yeah. It's um, 67 to 87, whereas it was 20 mm. years. Then yeah, you go back further than that, probably 1995, the Mahoney's, one of the, a mead team, anyway, a club team at, in those, in the 18, late 1800s. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 a mead team got to a final, you know, but they were, but that, but. Yeah, yeah, no, but so, we're but talk, we're, let's talk about the history year from when mead started to win All-Ireland, so this is the longest drought without. Yeah, yeah. Anything. This, it's even, it's 12 years since the Leinster title and, uh, you know, it's it's just too long, and, and we're we don't look anywhere near it at the minute. That's probably because of Dublin's dominance and, and brilliance over the last decade and a half. Um, that 
is the reason why we don't look close to winning at Leinster. But you know, things can change very quickly in football. Just look at Derry. Um, mm. the job Rory Gallagher has done there now I'm not saying a Rory Gallagher we, we don't have the footballers that Derry have we don't have the footballers that Jimmy McGuinness had with Donegal but did they not play a system Fergal that, that any team could could play I mean we have the footballers in Mead to apply any, that style of football that all out defence of everybody behind the ball I and did, then quick on the break we haven't got the I disagree with you I think we could all easily you know not easily but I mean we could we 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 could formulate a, a strategy to play that kind of football no, uh, I don't think we uh, have we've, you we know, don't have players of an inter-county standard capable of doing that type of football I don't think so I genuinely don't think so but we could argue that to the cows go home yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about potential new managers here and, and you look at outside the county uh, we've all heard name Bernard Flynn is the only one that we've heard is definitely allowing his name to go forward so far outside of the county you've mentioned Jim McGuinness I've heard Eamon Fitzmaurice's name has been mentioned Stephen Rochford has been mentioned Stephen Poulter has been mentioned Luke Dempsey uh, I didn't hear Luke Dempsey no well, I, I'm just I'm just starting oh, no. <laughs> yeah. well Roger, Roger, Roger remind me of Rochford Bridge he used to I yeah, think he used yeah. to teach there that's what Stephen Rochford I said Stephen Rochford yeah, yeah. he came up with Luke Dempsey uh, he was with well I, I know Luke had applied <laughs> <laughs> well that's we're in that territory now Fergal you know, any, any, you well, know. Davey Burke uh, who led Kildare to their only, their only All-Ireland in the last uh, 90 odd years or whatever it is David Burke has, uh, has been mentioned as a possible candidate um, of course Malachy O'Rourke seems to be yeah. the standout name the one that most people are saying geez, yeah, I'd like to get him Malachy O'Rourke is involved in, in club football up uh, in Derry I think isn't he? he's involved in club football the former man, Monaghan manager former Monaghan manager mm. did a great job with them and had limited resources so it'll be interesting to see what would happen but look at Within the county, then, as you said, Cahill O'Brick uh, is probably the standout candidate, uh, having led me to the All Ireland minor title. Uh, Bernard Flynn is in the running. Um, Robbie Brennan is a name who has been mentioned. Yeah, who, who, good man. Yeah, who brought uh, Kilman Cole to an All Ireland Cup final. Did well uh, last year. Um, there, he was in charge of Dunboyne there, wasn't he? Man, yeah, who's he, uh, living in Dunboyne there, so. There's plenty of good managers. Michael McDermott, a uh, Clare man, of course, but he's the manager. Well, he's from Cavan, actually. Cavan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cavan but he managed Clare, yeah. Managed Clare and did a good job with them and has done a great job with, with Wolf Tones uh, winning the senior championship last year. Um, so there are plenty of, of candidates and young managers in need as well, as you said, Brian Farrell, Kevin Riley. Uh, maybe their time is, is further down the line as well. But that's why I'd like to see a, a strong... A strong figure, I don't care if it's inside the county or outside the county, but a strong character, a, a manager who's going to demand and, and earn respect um, to bring in and weigh in with, with a young coaching team behind them. Um, like Paul Nestor and Mark Brennan were with Andy McEntee this year and, and it was a tough time for those two lads. But they're good young coaches that need need more opportunities I believe as well Anthony Miles is another name who I've heard mentioned uh, yeah. Nestor worked with him before um, I did like the name of our podcast here he talks a good game as well and I've never heard him I've never really disagreed with much of what Anthony has to say when yeah. he talk about football um, but look it, it's still up in the air the three man selection committee John Kavanagh Sean Kelly sure. and Conor O'Donoghue mm-hmm. 
there could be a massive job ahead. big job big decision to make there could be anybody there's so many candidates uh, Sean Dice I believe you're from Burnley there is it every you know he's he's uh, he's free as well I mean, a few other ones there yeah yeah asking all, yeah, awkward questions anyway go ahead Jimmy um yeah, so, so that's where we lie. As soon as we get news, we let you know. We ask, and ask our listeners just to contact us on Twitter, uh, at Mead Sports, with your questions, uh, hashtag T-A-G-G, so hashtag tag, talk a good game. Uh, if you could send us in any of, your, any of your suggestions, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, which I'm sure many of you do, um, just send us in any questions that you have at all, any of your comments, and we'd be delighted to read them out on next week's podcast and uh, if we can answer any of your questions we will do that as well hopefully we'll have a bit more information next week um, we better get back to producing this week's Me Chronicle uh, which will be out in the shops tomorrow Tuesday evening um, a lot of stuff in that Jimmy as we said 16 pages on the Me Primary Schools finals we've the Me Ladies covered we've all the Hurling finals covered uh, but we're not just a GA newspaper uh, when you, you see it the, the Ross Tolchin went through the county yesterday was in trim uh, headed from Kinnegan to Blackburn yeah. County Lowe going through me Kells Road races unfortunately sad news coming from there of uh, the death of a 22 year old motorcyclist at the races it's an awful tragedy and our siblings are with uh, that man's family um, we also have horse racing we, we look back at uh, a Royal Ascot success for Jessica Harrington a uh, good week for, for Gordon Elliott Dara Lennon Dara played well Lennon, played for Ireland nice a bit of soccer here back in the Irish team uh, you know after international competitive <laughs> We also who, who sorry Darrell oh yeah the inter- competitive yes yeah yeah third cap, third cap yeah we also have transfer news on uh, Enfield man Luke McNally where it could be moving um, to Burnley from well I was, I was going to leave it just hanging there Jimmy with <laughs> uh, so could we leave in Oxford <laughs> oh we just uh, that was an exclusive we had wasn't it the team who Jimmy <laughs> mentioned their former manager could be a candidate for the me job Um but yeah, so look, at we, we have a lot in this week's Me Chronicle. It's 28 pages of sport this week, uh, and the two of us are ploughing away. So we're going to leave it there, get back to the day job, I suppose. Jimmy, uh, highlight of the weekend? Highlight of the weekend, I think, was the uh, definitely the school's finals. You know, not, not particularly one match or another, just the whole lot, the whole the excitement, the, the, the atmosphere in the stands, the, the enthusiasm and... Uh, uh, skill of the players, and uh, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. Saturday, Saturday for me was was it was a long day with primary schools finals first thing in the morning, and under twen- an under ten which girls blitz which my own daughter was playing in, in trim. That was phenomenal to see, and nearly three hundred kids playing an under ten girls football blitz in trim all day, and then the double header in hurling. For me, the highlight of the weekend was the boys' division one final between St Paul's and, and St Mary's of Ashburn. Unbelievable game of football. Uh, any lows? Any lows at weekend things that you weren't? Um, well, you know, um, uh, I suppose uh, no, not really, Fergal. I suppose you know, you know, you, you look at from um, you know, if you look at your your team, so we say, but um, performance. I, I'm originally from Kadoki. I know I live in Waterstone, but uh, you know they didn't play very well. So they, you know we'll see how they they get on. But that's that's uh, in, in, in in as low as goes. That's relatively light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, considering, yeah, my low of the weekend will be that news, the sad passing of the motorcyclists. Yeah, in, of course. Yeah, as well, which is. 
horrific uh, and and not not a nice thing to for the family to be uh, to be having to deal with this morning. Dreadful, yeah. Days ahead for them. But anyway, it's uh, from Fergal Lynch. I'm Fergal Lynch. It's Jimmy Gagan sitting beside me here in our new studio. Uh, you can listen to the Meat Chronicles Sports Podcast. Talk a good game.